everyone, and welcome to Everyday Linux, episode 59. You were expecting fireworks? Recorded July 1st, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com. This week, uh, we are, uh, this show will be coming out on Independence Day in the U.S. That's July 4th. And as I've ranted before, I refer refuse to refer to it as the July 4th holiday for the same reasons that I don't call Christmas the December 25th holiday or uh, Easter the April 5th or whatever day it is on, on a given year. It is Independence Day. What do you day. call Halloween, Mark? Do you call it October 31st? Yes, I call it the October 31st holiday. Yes. What about um, President's Day? Uh, I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> What about Valentine's hey, Day? Is what about 15th. All Saints Day? So, uh, with a, uh, now Cinco de Mayo, I call Cinco de Mayo. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's in Spanish. So, if you called it, uh, uh, what is it, 25 de, de, de Diciembre, he'd be okay. Yeah, apparently. Um, anyway. And the show is broken. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, uh, to our holiday episode. Uh, if you're not from the U.S., you probably already know this anyway, uh, but the custom in the U.S. Uh, going all the way back uh, hundreds of years uh, to uh, even a little before that, actually, uh, it was uh, it was said that once the Independence Day holiday was um, was established, it was sort of uh, officially, I think, in the actual document, it said that it would be celebrated with uh, fireworks. Now that's not a law, but it was like in the same document that said it said it would but anyway so fireworks is good so the title of the show is you were expecting fireworks and there won't be any fireworks so anyway um with me this week as always we have the full panel back we have the original secondary second generation everyday linux <laughs> crew we have myself and the uh uh noob in residence aaron butler hi aaron hello <laughs> And we have the command line godfather, Chris Neves. Hiya, Christopher. Uh, now, let me tell you something. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> and just don't make me an and off of course, the gooey whatever. kid, Mr. <laughs> Seth Anderson. Hiya, Seth. Hello, everybody. Uh, we have to Welcome. go back and hear Chris try to do the godfather again. Chris. No, yeah. that was horrible. <laughs> I don't want to bring that one up. <laughs> Chris, make us an offer we can't refuse. Come on, Chris. I suddenly sound more. I will like, make you an offer. I can't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was really. That was. <laughs> that one might have been more. <laughs> that was like Wolverine doing. <laughs> I know it's horrible. I haven't watched it in a while. I need to watch it again. It's, so it's my Jackman does Marlon Brando as <laughs> the Wolverine Godfather. <laughs> Aaron literally just did a spit take on that <laughs> one. That was awesome. <laughs> Uh, you bring me those mutants, I will take you out. <laughs> so, as uh, we mentioned last week, I, I have made the move to Georgia, and I'm still in uh, Aaron's spare room. Spare um, where is this spare um? Anyway, um, that was a good. That was probably up there in the sci-fi. No, not really. It really wasn't a great movie. You gonna buy a comb today? <laughs> That's a joke from the, the from the one meal one uh, workout podcast. Yeah, Don said he was going to bike home, <laughs> and Aaron said, "Why would you make a special trip to buy a comb?" 
That's so random, Don. Nobody just goes to buy a comb. Mark, I'm going to run to the store real quick. What are you going for? I need to go buy a piece of bar of soap. I need a bar of soap. Just a bar of soap. That's all I need. Just one. Anyway. So. They're usually cheaper in bulk, just so you know. <laughs> bulk soap for sale. Same is true with combs. Um, it's not just soap, but. They're usually cheaper in bulk. While we're in the process of derailing things, interesting side note. Uh, I, uh, a friend of mine uh, tweeted that a charity, uh, or a church actually, uh, that she knew was going to Haiti and they wanted to take uh, 3,000 toothbrushes with them to Haiti. And I thought, I can donate to that cause. So I went on uh, to what every good geek would do. I went to elementopi.com slash Amazon and started searching for, um, what are those things? What did I say? Toothbrushes. Toothbrush. Um, tooth, tooth, by the way, breathe. everybody listening in the stream, how's it sound? Is it good? Because I just realized I had the volume cranked way up because it was a headphone out earlier. So let me know if it's overdriven and bad. So anyway, um, I found, of course, on Amazon, you find on elementopi.com slash Amazon, you find all sorts of awesome deals. And so I found toothbrushes for 13 cents a piece. And I thought, 13 cents a piece? They want 3,000 of them. I'll send them 1,000 toothbrushes. So I put it in the cart, 1,000 toothbrushes, 13 cents a piece. I click the button, shipping, $4 per toothbrush. Oh! <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's some fine print for you. Yeah. Thank goodness you didn't have Instant Buy turned on for that. Yeah. Well, I think my debit card would have puked on that one anyway. Yeah. Because I, I have, <laughs> I have <clears throat> that tied into to Amazon. But anyway. Uh, so this week, so if, we if have, you had the Amazon Prime, would it have been free? Uh, I don't know because it wasn't an Amazon dealer. Uh, correct okay. me if I'm wrong, Chris. You're an Amazon Prime guy. If it's not from an Amazon dealer and you just buy it from Amazon, you still don't get the free shipping, do you? It, it depends on if it's a Prime enabled item, um, and then they okay. say that up front when you're looking at it if you're logged in. So I would have to actually see the page to tell you if it would be Prime enabled or not. Some, I've had a couple that were toothbrushes. I've had a couple that were um, non-Amazon stores, and they still had Prime. And then I've had a, but most of them, if they're not part of Amazon, they don't give you Prime. If they're running that kind of racket, thirteen cents mm-hmm. plus four dollars shipping, um, then I can pretty sure guess that they're not Prime enabled. But anyway, uh, so <laughs> the whole holiday thing is to tell you that uh, we're being lazy. We're taking a holiday as well, uh, so we don't have a particular show note. See, I have a different excuse every week. The fact is, we just haven't done it. Okay, yes. just in in the, the interest of being honest with you, we just didn't do it. I mean, if you're not on, interested in, in us being honest with you, we just were. Yeah. So, uh, but we do have some news, some links that were from a couple of weeks ago. We're going to recycle. Uh, we have a, a listener feedback that we're going to talk about, but we don't have any one topic. So this is a topicless show. This is a potpourri, a hodgepodge, a melange, if you will, of various topics. I prefer not to yes. use the word melange. <laughs> okay. No. So, uh, uh, I don't know who wrote this because it's not color-coded and there's no name beside it, but somebody put in the notes, what do you do in your household on July 4th, on Independence Day? So, I will pose that question to the panel, beginning with Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Well, when I was a kid, there was lots of fireworks, and back when bottle rockets were legal in Texas, we would get in bottle rocket wars uh, on the road out front of our house. But, uh, you know, we can't do that anymore. 
but now I, well, I used to eat a lot. Since I don't eat as much as I used to, I really don't know what I'm going to do this year. <laughs> You've uh, lost a holiday, Seth, in your attempt to be healthy. I, I have. Um, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to watch a lot of television and maybe, well, or if I don't work that day, I might go see the premiere of Spider-Man, thus necessitating sleeping through most of the fourth. I think I just now decided that Aaron and I are going to go see the premiere of Spider-Man. I'm glad you figured that out because I already knew that. Yeah, okay. You already did? Yeah, I was wanting to go to the midnight show because we could just sleep in on the July 4th yeah. Independence Day. Well, actually, I have a date. Not a date, but I'm meeting a friend that night. Uh, uh, yeah. Imagine that. I've only been here uh, wow. a couple of weeks. But no, a, a friend of mine who I've known for uh, a while uh, is visiting family in Georgia this week. So Excellent. Tuesday, we're going to... Uh, get together but anyway i don't remember approving that on your calendar right? i don't remember asking you um but you know i thought you ran all your um your uh your social calendar stuff through me yeah i'm pretty sure you're wrong on that one. Oh man um aaron you know that blank page he asked you to sign off for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what this was but anyway so uh well i, actually, I could probably do the midnight when i'll be back by then uh i don't anyway. know if, I, don't, I don't want to do the midnight really anyway i want to enjoy it I want to dress up as Spider-Man because, you know, six foot five, 400 pound Spider-Man, that's a winner. It is. Right. <laughs> or a winner. Right? You might have people running in fear from you. Yeah. It's, I, the, the only superhero or super character I could really convincingly pull off would be the blob. I could do that one. Juggernaut. Yeah, maybe Jug- Juggernaut. Juggernaut was pretty ripped, though. Yeah. Muscle suit. You could do. You could do kingpin. Kingpin. I could do kingpin. You'd be a great king. You need a penguin. suit and a big cigar. Yeah, suit. Shave too, my head. He's too penguin. Tall for penguin. He's too tall for penguin. Way yeah, too way tall. too tall for penguin. Well, story. yeah. He could do penguin double. T- he could do two penguins stacked on top of each other. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, it's amazing the depths to which we sink from time to time. Uh, <laughs> are the live listeners still there, Mark? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I know. Let's see. We have two now. All right. This rambling is actually picked up. They're multiplying. Just like, much like the penguins. Like the chills, they're multiplying. And I'm losing control. Oh, wow. Because the power you're supplying, it's electrifying. <laughs> well, you better, you better shape up. up. <laughs> but I don't need a man. <laughs> okay. See, this is what it was like all the time when Aaron and I lived together in college. There were six of us, and these sort of conversations were 24 hours yeah. around the clock. The alarm clock would start in the morning, and it would be one long string of movie quotes, song quotes, and puns. Random stream of consciousness stuff. <laughs> yeah, there was really only one conversation that lasted several years. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Almost like our Street Fighter Two tournaments. They yeah. lasted years Blanca. as well. Yeah. I was Blanca. I owned Blanca. <laughs> Yeah, I like to play Blanca still too. the greatest yeah. ever. Seth liked to play the chick. I think he just liked the way her skirt flew up uh-huh. when he did the when she did the, the spin well, move. No, because the one if you were only going to press one button, Seth, don't, she don't, was the character to only press it, one Seth. button. If you press. defend it, you know it's true. No, no, actually, Chris uh, you, Seth makes an excellent point. He is a one button wonder at any video game, and Chun Li <laughs> is perfect for that, and E Honda was too. Yeah, because you just push one button over and over. And Seth could kick anybody's butt with the A button. That's all well, he needed. And he could eat with the other hand while he did it. <laughs> That's right. He can shove a frozen burrito down Crotch with one hand button, and push A with the other. So uh, I'll That's why I'm a one-button wonder. What's, what, what my family does for, for Independence Day, they're actually doing tonight, at this very moment, uh, the, uh, the city of Commerce, Texas, from which I hail or uh, have hailed for the last several years, 
puts on a, a, a little thing in the park. They have bounce houses and vendors and, and live bands, and it's always insipidly hot, and, and mosquitoes are out everywhere because it usually rains right around that area. So it's hot and humid and muggy and insect-infested. And yet every year we go and subject ourselves to that. But then at the end of the night, they put up uh, put on a fireworks display. And so we uh, typically, since our kid, kids have gotten older, what we'll do is we'll go to the, the little festivities for a while. Then we take them home, clean them up, put them in their jammies. And then we go watch the uh, fireworks from the air-conditioned van in their jammies, then bring them home and put them to bed. So that's what's going on tonight. And I'm here with you guys because I'm not in Texas. So thank you for bringing up a, a wound and pouring salt in it. I think that uh, sure, no Mark, problem. Insipid means lacking. And it did rain today, Mark. Just so you know, or excitement. I don't know if the heat would actually be a definition of insipid or not. But I think uh, a secondary, maybe tertiary definition of insipid. There is none. Uh, well, what lacking what are you spirit, at? boring, lacking taste, unpalatable. No, I think it means uh, 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 persistent and um, intrinsic. No, no. Okay. Anyway, all right. Well, hey, for Aaron has been has been googling everything I say for the last couple of days. Say, he, wait, he wants wait. to make sure that I get say. the the words the right. Word say means things, and, and, and he will quiz me, and he will say, "Hey, Mark, what's?" And they'll pull out a random word. What's that mean? And I'll give a definition, and then he'll look at it and go, "Damn!" Or no, he didn't say that. <laughs> uh, but or no, or, no. He, or if I'm wrong, like the other day, he asked me what pedantic meant, uh-huh. and I gave him a definition, up, and he uh, said, "That's not right." And I said, "It's what you're being right now." Actually, that's not at all what happened, but that was funny. So yeah. I said that. Yeah, not so much. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, what do you do on Independence Day? Well, we usually have a nice little fireworks display of our own and have a barbecue and a bunch of family members all to get together and we have a little bit of fun. Um, this year, it'll be interesting to find out if my hometown decides to ban fireworks again this year or if they allow us to shoot them off uh, and then... Later in the evening, we go out to the uh, grandstands and watch the city's this the city's fireworks display. And normally, it's a big, long, couple-hour event. But uh, I'm not yeah, sure. Does what the local radio year. station play music to it and stuff? Um, no. Normally, it's just the fireworks display. Okay. Well, in 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 Texas, there the there's a college radio station, and they play music to it, and it's synchronized, and it's all cool and stuff. I'd like to give a shout out to Fireworks Artistry. That's my friend Kenny Scruggs's fireworks company. He is a licensed pyrotechnic, and he's done several shows, but he's doing his first big, huge, gigantic show this Independence Day for the city of Longview. Um, he's he's run big shows, but this is the first one his company himself has done that's this large, and uh, he's a good fireworks guy and uh, so what we always do on the fourth <clears throat> usually we would go in texas we would go to the church and set up rows and rows and rows of artillery shells and on saw between saw horses with the two by 12 and light them all and shoot them at once and make our own fireworks show awesome and then kenny started building fireworks and bringing his own four inch shells and five inch shells and things like that here in georgia we've kind of just whatever has happened you know we've we'll eat dinner with these people this time and eat people this time and maybe do this this time but typically involves um eating and hanging out now last year mark you may remember on the fourth of july in atlanta does anybody know what happens besides mark anybody anybody listening anybody know what happens on the fourth of july in the city of atlanta bueller the world's largest 10k the peach tree road race occurs every year and has for 
90 years, 80 years, something like that, 50 years, a long time. Uh, this year, there'll be about 65,000 people running it. And you won't be one of them. Wow. I will not. Not this time. I did it last year, but not this time. <clears throat> Ordinarily, also, any any holiday, any day off, any extended time away from work uh, results in me taking large cork, uh, uh, portions of meat and subjecting them to hardwood smoke. Um, not sure if that'll be happening this year or not. I don't know why I couldn't. Oh, I don't know why I shouldn't. <laughs> Aaron has been taking me to uh, various local barbecue places. We've tried two or three of them. Two. Shane's and uh, Williamson Brothers. Yeah, okay. And then I had another alleged barbecue uh, but yeah, on my own. But so uh, 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 Georgians or uh, Atlantans, I, I'm told that the rest of Georgia thinks Atlanta should just seed <laughs> from the state because they're so different. So I don't want to paint with a right brush. But here in Atlanta... Uh, their their standards for barbecue are are significantly below mine, or, or at least different. <laughs> no, different is worse. <clears throat> period. End of discussion. Yeah, <laughs> Professor Mister Williams Brothers is where we went today, and uh, their ribs were okay. I mean, they were yeah, they were good ribs. They just didn't have a lot of smoke, and the sauce was like syrupy, sticky sweet. Now I make a sweet sauce, but theirs was different. It was yeah different yeah it was a it was a honey glaze i'm guessing garth we resist change we we fear change (laughs) yeah so anyway um anything else anyone else bueller any other fireworks or barbecue or independence day stories i will say that one time on july 4th we stayed up way past midnight (laughs) (laughs) it was this one time anyway that's a uh that thing you do reference yeah. if you didn't get it uh last weekend no this weekend to yesterday leap second we now have an extra second and i uh i'm, I'm sad to say i didn't celebrate it in any way uh, you got to be quick on that one because yeah. it's like uh three two one zero yeah yeah and that's it yeah that's all you get yeah and you don't want to call it the 61st second of such and such you have to come up with an actual name for it right so uh for if in case you don't know that it's we're a geek audience so i suspect you do know that but if you don't you'll be interesting uh there's uh uh our calendar the the calendar which we currently use the Gregorian. gregorian calendar um is pretty darn accurate but it's not perfect that's why we have a leap day every four years to sort of bring things in but leap day isn't enough so every so often we have to add a leap second and sometimes it happens like on new year's and sometimes it happens um on in june it's usually around a solstice here a time uh but that the the powers that be who are in charge of that decide when that will happen and all the atomic clocks all the super precise stuff the gps system all of that has to adjust to that because interestingly gps relies on on uh time in a way that you may not realize uh the the time delay that's how the satellites talk with each other and if it's off so much as a second um it could be hundreds of meters of differences i mean it can be the difference between you being in your house and you being out in the street getting run over uh if if there's just so much as a second off so uh leap seconds are important even though they seem meaningless to us. <clears throat> Anything else? No, it was just, uh, I thought it was an interesting thing. Um, I did not realize how much, like um, the article said that in 1820, the rotation of the earth took exactly 24 hours. 
and since then it has increased by 2.5 milliseconds. Yeah, see, what's so, happening is the uh, the Earth, the moon slowing is slowing down. us down. The, yeah. the gravitational pull of the moon is slowing us down. Eventually, the Earth will come to a complete stop. That is, if the sun doesn't burn out before then. Right, mm-hmm. and we can all agree on one thing, though. It is George Bush's fault. So, <laughs> so we like might the, not can agree on much, but it's George Bush's fault. See, the moon right now doesn't rotate because the Earth's pull has already stopped it because there's six times as much gravity there. Uh, so when that happens, when the Earth stops, there will be a light side of the Earth and a dark side of the Earth, just like there's a light side of the moon and a dark side of the moon with reference to the moon. <clears throat> and the sun. Right. Well, because we're still going around the sun. So, But if we're in yeah. geosynchronous, the same sun. Yeah. So right. anyway. Well, I don't know. Uh, happy birthday to an old friend. Ready, go. Yeah, Atari turned 40 this week. Wow. And, uh, Dang. you know, the game console didn't come out till 77, but the company itself turned 40. And um, uh, the date was June 27th, 1972, when it introduced the world to Pong. Um, and uh, I, not on this particular story, but they when they tested that video game at a bar, the bartender called them and told them it was broken. So they rushed down there. And what had happened is so many people had played it that it was jammed full of quarters. And so no more quarters could fit in and they had to empty <laughs> it. So, um, and that was whenever they um, they were like testing it out. Um, interesting story. But anyway, Atari turned 40. Man, I remember the 2600. Battle is still one of my all-time favorite games. And Asteroids. I love Asteroids. I hate Asteroids because I stink at it. It always drove me crazy. <laughs> I wanted to do so well at it, and I just did bad. I'm sure you've all noticed this, but the spaceship in the Atari version of Asteroids, when, when pointed either up, down, left, or right, looks exactly like the profile of the Atari controller. Yes. Oh, I never never saw that. It does. Huh. And if you take your fingers, interlace them with the fingers on the inside of your palms, and then turn them away from you and wiggle them, they look like a Venus flytrap. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Thank you so much for that. Um, let's see, I think my and down favorite, the rabbit hole we go. <laughs> my I think my favorite old Atari game was Yar's Revenge. Remember that when you were a mutant fly and you had to eat these blocks to get down to the heart of the thing? No. Yeah, I don't remember it. Yeah, it was good. And then, uh, of course, um, pole position. Yeah, <laughs> what's the one? I, I've just blanked on the name where you uh, jumped across the crocodiles and went. Oh, and, that's uh, Pitfall. Pitfall. That's Pitfall's it. Yeah. Awesome. Pitfall was was way up there. Yeah, Pitfall was fantastic. Yeah, I remember I begging my grandfather, begging him that if he bought me the Donkey Kong cartridge for forty eight dollars, which is like a hundred million dollars in today's money. Uh, that I would never ask him for another quarter to put in a machine again. Of course, I was lying. Yeah, it was like the next <laughs> weekend we were at a grocery store and I begged him for a quarter. Donkey Kong's awesome, though. Yes, yes, but but Donkey Kong. See, Atari <clears throat> the the sixteen hundred, twenty six hundred, and what was the other twenty eight hundred? There was another one. Um, they spawned this whole third party thing. ColecoVision made Donkey Kong. You know, uh, mm-hmm. They were the first to do that. And before that, in television and uh, the other things, they built all the games in or made all the games. I, I didn't know this was going to be a trip down memory lane. Right, yeah. Here you go. Yeah. I, and I, um, it, <clears throat> I put the link in the chat room for there's an awesome video for a pole position commercial at the end of that um, Atari link. <laughs> it was just, a, I, 
missed the commercial when it came out, or I don't remember it, but it was really funny. So if you're in the chat room, save that link for later and look at it. So, uh, and uh, I'm stuff. going to quote Professor Messer in the chat room because I could not agree with his sentiments more. And there was that bastardized version of Pac-Man. It was just wrong. That says it all, brother. You know, ink, there's no other ink, console. Ink, the ink, game, the ink, song ink. Pac-Man Fever, that yes. was a that was a cultural phenomenon. No other game console or individual game has done that. Well, I remember Miss Pac-Man. People were like dressing up like Miss Pac-Man. I actually enjoyed yeah, Miss Pac-Man. Was the bomb. Pac-Man that was the best game ever. <laughs> another thing that somebody's going to sue us for okay let's move moving on wow this is really just going in an odd place um Uh, if james is having fun then i'm happy okay i don't know if he is (laughs) you're thinking of Katy perry instead of miss pac-man what uh again reading professor messer um how you search the internet how you connect to the internet can cost you on yeah this was in yeah, on Orbitz, apparently, um, they have realized that people who come to their website on Macs spend as much as 30% more a night on hotels. So they realize if you come to their website on a Mac, they automatically show you the um, more pricier travel options. Now, you can still get to the uh-huh. regular viewing, but I just thought it was a, you know, it's just one of those, if you're if you're a snob, and uh, you want to surf the world on a Mac, um, then you know you get to pay for it. So I'm happy for you. But you know what? It's they're not wrong, right? Their own data says that Mac users right. spend more. Mac users have more money. They have you know a grand or three grand or whatever disposable income to throw down on a computer. So it makes sense. I'm not bothered by that. And and they are either a um, narcissistic enough to believe that they should spend that kind of money themselves or be stupid enough to spend that amount of money on something that they could get something else that could do the exact same thing for a lower price. Right. Yeah. And you know, you could say that they're, um, it's just good customer service. They're weeding through all the motel sixes and super eights because no Mac user would ever stay there. You don't park your power book in a super eight. You just don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Professor Messer in the chat room says, if you're on Linux, they ask for a deposit up front. If you're on Windows, the web page laughs at you. It does. Nice. <laughs> that is true. Actually, it doesn't laugh. It does the 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 thing from Jurassic Park. Uh-uh-uh. Uh-uh-uh. <laughs> With Newman waggling the finger at you. I love it when we have a live audience. Okay, into some Linux news. Or Linux was news some time ago. Because uh, none of this is really super new. The OSU... Open Source Lab receives a $300,000 donation from Google, Oregon State University, not Oklahoma State. Right. Well, that's still not, pretty cool. Right. I mean, that's, that shows that Google is giving back to the community. Yep. Yeah, so, a couple so of weeks ago. Is, or go ahead, Aaron. I was just going to say, so what that equivalent, equivalent, the equivalent of that is they ask their employees to not take a free drink one day at work. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to t- pause for, for just a moment to point out that as we were setting up, Aaron said, I'm probably not going to say much tonight. I don't really need a mic. No, I didn't. I, I didn't, didn't, need, a, didn't need a laptop, yeah, which is proven to be true. I haven't looked at the notes yet. Yeah. Okay. So go <laughs> ahead, Seth. Now actually talk about the real story. Well, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were kind of hard on Google and some of their like dropping support uh, for some of their apps in Linux. So, you know, they do still contribute a lot in the open source 
open source world and um, they have a really big relationship or pretty tight relationship apparently with Oregon State and so you know 300,000 and to a specific really course I mean that seems like a big deal to me and I just wanted to give props to Google for doing that props given so what I wonder is what uh, $300,000 will do at Oregon State University. I mean, is that how much is that real money? Is that useful in any way? Uh, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. It'd be interesting to find out. I wonder if there's any way we could actually find out. Well, it says that their cumulative support so far has reached nearly $1.9 million over the last nine years. So it's got to be at least a little bit of real money in there. Um but yeah, whether it is through um, you know letting their employees work there pro bono or whatever, I mean that's you know it, it's a, at the very least it amounts to pocket change, if not a little bit more. So. Uh. And then our next link in the uh, in the notes uh, says that Red Hat is growing uh, as a result of Windows to Linux migration. So so uh, entities uh, unwilling to have Windows Seven or Windows Eight foisted upon them are moving from XB XP to Linux and Red Hat has the reputation for being the enterprise thing. And so that's where they're going. That's my take on the headline. I didn't actually read the article. Well, we covered, uh, I guess it's been a couple of months ago now that, um, Red Hat was a billion dollar company and, um, their first quarter grew 19% year over to year. And the result of that came from their customers migrating from Windows over to Red Hat Enterprise Linux. Um, and, you know, and a lot of some of the deals were huge multi-million dollar deals and some of them were just kind of small. But, um, you know, they're, a, of course, I granted a billion doesn't stack up to Microsoft, but, you know, a 19% year over year growth, any business would be happy with that, I guess, unless maybe you only made one. Then 19% wouldn't be so much. But, you know, when you get up to a billion dollars, 19% increase is a pretty good amount of money. And so just showing that there is money to be made in Linux and open source, um, you know, you don't have to have Windows or Apple to um, just get people to buy your stuff. You can have a good service and make a lot of money. So, you know, I guess the EDL Linux kernel will be out soon. And it just goes to show you that uh, millions of dollars of investment and research and development and uh, uh, decades of, of work and uh, Red Hat has finally come up with an operating system that's equivalent to the one that Microsoft had 10 years ago. So good on you, Red Hat. Well, uh, it's nice that Red Hat's got that <clears throat> that option, though, for people that want to get off of the Microsoft train and still have your support contracts to be able right. to be filled. So It's all about support. It is. And, and now for a little bit of listener feedback. Now, this is something that we've discussed before, uh, and I'm sure we will discuss again. Uh, but this was from Joe, last name omitted, meaning he didn't tell us, uh, wrote a question about, um, he didn't know the name of it, uh, but he called it uh, boot, Secure Boot uh, on Linux. And he was asking if that would... Uh, how that would affect things. He was looking at buying a new piece of hardware uh, and wanted to know if he needed to stay away from Intel because Intel has this uh, blocked bootloader built in. Essentially what he's talking about is uh, UEFI, uh, which we've talked about before. Um, 
quick, somebody Google UEFI. I forgot what it stands for. Ultimate um, Extreme Fireworks Incorporated. Thank you. Uh, so basically UEFI is a locked bootloader for uh, uh, for window for Intel machines and, United, and Microsoft is or unified extensible firmware interface UEFI excellent uh, and Microsoft is making this a requirement of anything that will be certified for Windows 8 must have UEFI uh, available not necessarily turned on not necessarily enabled uh, but it it will essentially only allow um, approved uh, OSs to be installed and booted on the machine. Presumably, approved being Microsoft. So Microsoft Windows 8 would have an encryption key that uh, UEFI would look at, and uh, if it didn't match that key, it wouldn't boot it. And so there's been uh, lots of kerfuffle among the uh, neckbeards on the Internet uh, saying that this is Microsoft trying to lock Linux out of the desktop. But, uh, you know, it, it's much ado about nothing. All you got to do is go into the, the BIOS and turn it off. If it is on, then you can load whatever you want. But it's actually a good thing. UEFI can be a good thing. What? And it's crazy talk. And there are actually Linux distributions uh, that are, are looking to support UEFI because it's a good thing for Linux and for Windows. Once you um, have locked in your OS and said, this is the one, uh, root kits and, and, and things of that nature can't get a foothold because they're not properly encrypted. Is that a, a reasonable uh, take on it, guys? I would say you you dumbed that down quite wonderfully. <laughs> yeah, you. and apparently, um, there, Microsoft has two separate stances on the uh, UEFI. For the standard x86 architecture, you are able to disable it or not use it or anything, but for their ARM architecture... It is supposedly, at least at this point, you're not going to have an option to turn it off or disable it. But that's on ARM. And honestly, how much stuff are we <clears> going <throat> to see with ARM in the consumer market here in the next few years? Probably not well, a whole heck of a lot. Let's put this in proper context. ARM, you're talking about uh, the equivalent of your Android phone or your iPhone or your tablet. So that's what that's what the Windows 8 on ARM is. It's, it's not something you're going to put on desktop. All of those things are locked now. My phone came locked. Everybody's iPhone comes locked. Right. This is not unusual. This is nothing uh, odd for Microsoft to say that Windows 8 phones are going to be locked. It's also a given that that encryption will be broken and people will be, quote-unquote, jailbreaking their Windows 8 phones within a few weeks of their release. Yeah. If it will take that long. So. Yeah. So just stand down, people. Just go go argue over something else. UEFI is not worth your time. No, it's actually a good change because they're also adding a bunch of extra features to what would, you know, the equivalent would be BIOS. So, you know, yeah, it, it's going to make a little bit of a headache to start things off, but change is always painful so and uh professor messer in the chat room who is up on all of this sort of stuff because he's a security expert uh says usc uefi is essentially the the replacement to bios it's very powerful uh you get a shell (coughs) built into the bios you get networking built into the bios so there's no more i mean at the at the root level before the os you can actually network and, and log on to stuff so there's a it's time. BIOS is 25 years old, 30, it's old. It's time for BIOS to go away. 
Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, and that tied into the... Uh, Sorry. We, I can't mute my mic. <laughs> yeah, Aaron was trying to be very stealthy and whisper something to me, which I couldn't understand because I have my real radio announcer headphones on. Um, and, and, and plus, I can't whisper. <laughs> I either have this volume or nothing comes out and you can't read my lips because my upper lip doesn't move when I talk. I don't know why. Roteo in the chat room says, wake me up when they had a 3D acceleration in- interface to the BIOS. Because we all need 3D BIOS. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. 3D graphics acceleration. Yeah. I, so, you know, because whenever I see what how much RAM my system has in the name of the processor, I really want that text to like pop out of the screen. <laughs> you you need some opacity you need uh compositing in there for so that you can see the screen beneath the screen you're looking at will this kill fiddlehead um no i don't see why it would because fiddlehead doesn't run on arm anyway okay i'm just thinking of the whole lockdown like we we, could you run windows 8 in fiddlehead if it's looking for a specific security chipset thingy uh and that's the level of my technical knowledge folks (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you'll be able to run anything you want because you can turn it off so if what you want isn't now. isn't locked isn't uh, encrypted isn't encoded properly just go to the bios and turn it off unless your it department has locked out your bios uh, i am now working for i went from being the it guy no, to the working department. the entire it department to working for an entirely uh, ridiculously restrictive the guys i used to complain about the network nazis uh, i now work for those guys uh, and so I have uh, I haven't checked, but I am one million percent sure that I would not be able to get into the BIOS on my machine for any reason. Um, and you have no reason to need to. Exactly. I'm just a worker bee now. That's right. Very important, well paid worker bee. So Joe, uh, don't stay away. Don't stray away from the Intel chipset just because it has UEFI on it. It's actually a good thing. Um, it's not going to hurt you. And uh, but if you decide. You want to go Intel or AMD instead of Intel, which doesn't support UEFI at this point. Uh, AMD's got some great chips out there, and you won't be unhappy. Right. Should, should we just call it Eufy? Eufy. Eufy. I'm going to start calling it Eufy. I'm going to start a whole buzz about that. <laughs> Good luck with that. I'm on it. I'm going to go to Facebook right now. What have you heard about Eufy? Okay. Um well, actually, the next link we have in the in the notes is uh, two Linux distros respond to the whole secure boot uh, issue. Seth, you want to talk about that one? Yeah, and that's um, one is, you know, Fedora, uh, it's been a couple of weeks ago now, they announced that they're paying the $99 to VeriSign for the unlimited use of Microsoft signing services. So now, essentially, Microsoft signs off on Fedora Linux. So that way it says that, hey, it's secure and it works and it's okay to load on this machine. And then Canonical, Canonical, Canonical. the Ubuntu Ubuntu makers, they kind of took a different point, a different thing. And so they are setting up their own signing services to be as an alternative to Microsoft. And their whole thing being, what if on the day you launch your new distro, there's some error with the key and it doesn't work? And Microsoft says, oops, sorry, we'll get that fixed. But, you know, on your whole launch day, you can't you can't install on computer. So, you know, and of course, whether that would happen or not, I'm, I'm sure it wouldn't. But, you know, it could. Uh, and, you know, if it did happen, all kinds of, uh, you know, us tinfoil hat guys, we would be coming out of the woodwork at that point. 
So um, Ubuntu has taken a different step or a different stance, and they are going to be like generating their own keys um, to do that. So that's kind of the two different approaches, and they're really the only two distros out there that I've heard, uh, I've seen respond to the whole UEFI thing and, and how they're going to do about it. I guess everybody else is just going to employ a hacker to break it. Um, Oop, did we lose you, Seth? No, I'm still here. Can you hear okay. me? Okay. You just kind of trailed off there in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> and was, the worst thing that'll happen is they'll do something on them. Oh, I said, you know, all the other distros, they're just going to employ hackers to break the encryption. Oh, okay. Right. So that was a it bad really joke. sounded like you fell asleep, like a, like a narcolepsy attack right there in the middle of the <laughs> you sentence. You bored yourself into <laughs> silence. <laughs> Sorry, that's when just I, my awesome bandwidth. And when the topic is boring the person who put it in the notes, it's time to move on. Um, the free NVIDIA graphics driver reaches version 1.0. Yep. I don't know if that's a milestone or not. Well, well you know, I would say it's probably not because it, it's it's still the open source version of, of NVIDIA's driver. So it's, been, it's still um, retro. No, that's the right word. Uh, I can't. I just blanked it. I love when that happens. Um, it's it's where they backwards compatibilityize the the driver so they can they reverse look at what, engineered. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Mark. Yes, they. It's the reverse engineered version of Nvidia's drivers. Um, so I mean, it, it's nice that there's people pushing to get something that'll work just as good as Nvidia drivers. At this point. It's let's see. According to the article, it's about seven years into this project, and they're just now to the version one. Um, I'm hoping that we see some traction, and it actually starts uh, progressing a little bit quicker. Maybe we'll actually see better drivers because Nvidia is being pushed by um, the Nuvu project. Chris, you really need to move to Georgia. <laughs> you and Seth both. We can get rid of this bandwidth issue. I, I think that. Uh, you're being overly optimistic. Uh, just just in case the listeners don't know, again, this this is for the noobs out there. This is the sort of thing that our noob in residence would ordinarily pick up on, but he's busy tweeting over there. And, and uh, uh, everybody know we're talking about Yuffie. Yeah, um, which you misspelled, by the way. E-U-F-I? Yeah, it's U-E-F-I. Oh, okay, see, that's why I don't know We, we said it 47 times in the last three minutes. Yuffie. U-E-F-I. Uh, so anyway, the what, what, what Chris is talking about, he says reverse engineering. It's the same thing that the Samba guys do for Windows uh, messaging, the server server mm-hmm. message box. Basically, what they do is they set up uh, software and hardware that watches the chip and says, okay, when, when I tell the system to do this, the chip does that. So then they go back and write a piece of code that when I tell the system to do this, I tell the chip to do that. Uh, so they're, they're breaking it down one step at a time. It's painful, it's slow, it's never as efficient, it's never as good as the original code. Uh, and, and as evidenced by the fact that Samba still has trouble all these years later using the, the same NT kernel that is a million years old now. Uh, so, you know, Chris, I, I appreciate your Pollyanna nature, but I'm just going to have to pull the realism plug on you here and say that the NVIDIA uh, reverse-engineered community-supported graphics driver will never come close to the proprietary one. Well, no, I'm not saying it ever will come close, but it'd be nice to see some push because of 
the Nuvu project to have NVIDIA make better drivers for Linux. And which would be good, but the only reason that would matter to them is if their product, if the, the free one was getting good enough that people wouldn't feel the need, you know, to buy their stuff. And I just don't see that happening. Sorry, yeah, I'm, apparently I'm very glum today. I'm Eeyore today. Bum bum. You were saying, Seth? No, I was. I I agreed with you, Mark. A big harumph from. Okay. I, I always like to bring a big dose of realism to the show whenever possible. <laughs> That's just silly. <laughs> Sorry. You can get hype on a thousand other podcasts, but sadly, sadly. There aren't a lot of podcasts out there that speak honestly about Linux. So that's what we try to do. Bring it to your warts and all. Um, and Linus Torvalds uh, agrees <laughs> with the fact that uh, we need better NVIDIA support as he just sort of goes off in that way that Linus does uh, about uh, at NVIDIA. So, uh, Seth, is that yours? Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, he basically... Um Where's the one quote says, uh, I, I close it out, but it's like, and the article summed it up by saying that he basically looks in the camera and holds the middle finger up to NVIDIA. Um, and apparently, I haven't watched the video, but apparently that's exactly what he does. He raises the middle finger and tells NVIDIA how awesome they are. Um, <laughs> that's pretty candy-coated there, Seth. Yeah, he, he pretty much flat out said... Dropped the f bomb and said, "Nvidia is the worst company to work with." Yeah, and um, you know that's and that's kind of old news. That's been out for a while, and somebody from Nvidia actually um, responded to the criticism, asking what they could do to get better. Um, and I kind of felt sorry for the guy because nobody was in the mood to listen to him. Everybody was too busy gloating over Linus's. Um, taking on NVIDIA, but um, apparently NVIDIA is making a lot of progress in their support with Linux and the open source community. The problem is it was so crappy, they can have improved tremendously and still be crappy. So um, anyway, that's um, that's kind of my take on the whole exchange. Um, NVIDIA is getting NVIDIA better, <clears throat> but they're so bad, they're still bad. And because Linus is a, you know, he's a big name, um, NVIDIA paid attention and they responded to it and they, they even asked the question, what can we do better? And the answer was simple, write code that works. <laughs> Definitely. And, you know, I was, I've been, I'm kind of glancing through some of the, the comments on that post from NVIDIA and they're still getting torn up and down from some people, um, obviously without not as much clout as uh linus does but there there there's like a half a page of people just agreeing with everything that linus said and and adding their own two bits to it so <laughs> professor yeah, master in the chat room says this the best advice is simply don't suck i'm gonna modify that a little bit we put up with a lot of things that suck just suck less and we'll yeah. probably be okay with it yeah, um, a, a, a similar level of outrage would be the windows community outrage over vista Know, and how everybody in Windows world thought Vista sucked when it first came out. Um, that, that's an no, they didn't think it, Seth. They didn't think yeah. it. I mean, that it was, was no, an established fact. It was no Millennium Edition. I mean, we'll all admit that. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. 
The mistaken edition. Yes, that, uh, that's the one bright spot in Vista. We got to do something for the millennium. Some kind of big push. What do we got? What, what do we got here? <laughs> we got that one guy's code that we fired. Yeah. Let's roll that out. You know, well, I, we got Windows I was 98 working. here, and we took the the command prompt out, and we broke some other stuff. Can we charge people a hundred bucks for that? Sure. I was uh, working for a support, and I was trying to support. I was working with this company and trying to provide support on it. So I was looking, this guy had a question about Millennium. So I went to Microsoft's official Millennium website. And this was in 2002. Like XP had launched the day before. (laughs) And the one article on their website was the top 10 reasons to upgrade to XP. There were no (laughs) (laughs) how-tos. There were no... There were no how-tos, there were no workarounds, there were no patches. There was one article that took up the whole page, the top 10 reasons to upgrade to Windows XP. Uh, it was awesome. Number it was one, it's funny. not Millennium Edition. <laughs> yeah, Professor Messer in the chat room says, it's no Microsoft Bob. For those of you who don't know about Microsoft Bob, Microsoft Bob was clippy for the Windows 3.1 world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Rateo, it really wasn't a placeholder for 2000. Uh, Millennium was the consumer side, and 2000 was the uh, enterprise side. Well, they but no, he's right. Of- he's he's right in the business world. Microsoft said we got to do something. 2000 isn't ready. So yeah, corporately, that's the way Microsoft described it. Functionally, it was garbage. Yeah. Oh, it definitely was garbage. And it was the first operating system from Microsoft I ever purchased outright. I'm Didn't sorry, come Mark. on a piece of hardware. <laughs> I was building my own white box machine. Um, and you wanted the latest and greatest from Microsoft. And I paid a hundred and I think it was $75 for, uh, windows ME, the full, not the OEM, but the full a commercial version. There's no reason. We don't have to move on right now, Mark. We can talk about this for a minute. How does it make you feel? <laughs> Let's go ahead and get this off your chest. Let's resolve this, this wound. I, I still harbor some bitterness over that. Well, you know, I think you are legally moment. entitled to hack every future Microsoft product <laughs> because you actually paid full price for the mistake edition. I believe that's buried in the user license agreement for every product they've released since then. Uh, because uh, I could have, I could have stolen a version of you know like somebody else's copy of Windows ninety eight and upgraded. But no, I'm a straight shooter. I'm an honest guy. And so I went and paid for it. And uh, now you don't anymore, right, Mark? Right. <laughs> along along the same uh, same lines, I have uh, I won at at uh, I went to a, a vendor thing, and they were had a drawing, and I won a a full copy of Windows Vista Ultimate Edition with um, <laughs> Microsoft Office 2003 shrink wrapped in bubble wrap, brand new. That was what six, seven years ago. It is still shrink wrapped in bubble wrap, brand new. I never have opened it. I don't want either of those turds. You could probably sell that online as a you know a, a novelty. A novelty, yeah. Go to like a, a white elephant party. Take that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That would be freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, so basically, if Mark thing. gets the full product, we know it's going to suck. So. Right. So it would be like somebody, uh, you go to one of those gift exchange things. And so it's like the dude gets stuck with the Windows Vista and he's like, can I have that toilet paper holder instead? I'm going to steal that. No, that's already been taken twice. Yeah. <laughs> Darn. How about that broken ashtray? How about that? No, that's already been Half taken twice. Half popcorn? <laughs> no. <laughs> you, know? you, sorry. Yeah. Moldy Snickers bar. 
No, that's you can't have that uh, one either. And Jim in the chat room, you know, he's 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 being slightly Pontiac Pollyanna too. Well, the Office 2003 has some minor functionality. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, it does, Jim. It does. By the way, anybody out there throwing in a tech tip? Control F1. You didn't know it. It hides the ribbon in the newest version of Office. Awesome. Okay, moving right along. That's the only tip I have. Uh, Google launches the Nexus 7 tablet, which is basically a Kindle Fire. Well, it is <laughs> a it's an entry level tablet, and they are um, tying it to like their whole Google Play service. And apparently, if you uh, order it. Or you purchase it for $199, you get like a $25 credit uh, for Google Play. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about Microsoft launching their new tablet. And, of course, the Google one is more an entry-level kind of thing. It's going to be, what, $200, basically. Um, and we'll have in the show notes when we drop it a uh, kind of a teardown and shows the specs of like the Nexus 7 versus the Kindle Fire versus the Nook versus the Galaxy Tab versus a Kobe for the super cheap option. Um, and, you know, for for what you're paying for, it's pretty good specs. Um, yeah, it's 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 enough to make the uh, spec Nazis happy. The, the guys who are just all about specs. Uh, Mitch Man in the chat room. As soon as I called it to Kindle Fire, uh, started saying, "No, it's not. It's got a quad core processor. It's got twelve video cores, uh, and that's all well and good." But I think it's a case of just specs for the sake of specs. What what twelve cores is going to do, or, or quad cores is going to do, and what that big uh, video. Uh, processor is going to do is suck up battery so it's not going to last as long uh, but you know it will be a little more responsive it will uh, do things you know the the menu changes and all that sort of stuff faster because it can offload that to the graphics processor but I think in terms of of actual the stuff you're actually going to do with it watch a movie read a book uh, browse the web I think we're just throwing specs at it and not actually getting anything now I've, I say this without ever touching the v- device I know nothing about it this is purely conjecture uh, but I do have a little bit of uh, of experience with my my phone you know I've got a super duper uh, dual core large screen ultra mega phone weighs um, 11 pounds the, yeah weighs seven and a half pounds and uh, and it's I bought it because I was all about the specs I was a spec geek um, and I wanted the best and the brightest. And, and what that gives me is uh, faster power drain, uh, battery drain, and uh, a heavier phone. Because the stuff I do with it doesn't need that kind of power. And I think that's what we're running into with tablets, is we're, we're throwing power at it, but we don't actually need it. We've been that way on the desktop forever. You know, nobody needs a, a, a quad-core i7. I mean, almost nobody. Yeah. But that's the standard computer these days and we're just kind of throwing specs at it whether we can do it or not so that's my take on it and i just want to comment that that i'm enjoying the chat room side conversation because everybody's specking and throwing in sb cars and no it doesn't and and people are poking jokes and having fun and i just wanted to hey fight in the chat rooms like after you know like in the cafeteria <laughs> chat room fight <laughs> right in the chat room it was pretty pretty funny see for me yeah. the biggest selling point for me personally um i have a fire in case anyone in the live audience or anywhere else doesn't know, uh, I love my fire. I use it every day. The one thing that this would, the reason I would actually jump ship to go to the Nexus 7 is the fact that it has Bluetooth. That would okay. make me jump. 
the fact that the Nexus 7 has a Bluetooth, I would actually move over to it because I need, oh, I don't need, but I use my Bluetooth devices all the time. Like You do, Chris. Little, you have more Bluetooth devices than than I know of anybody else. Yeah, I got like, you know, five or six of them just laying right here in my hands. And they're all audio <laughs> devices, but I can't use them on my fire. So for the me... Bluetooth godfather. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently he's also an Indian god because he has six arms. <laughs> it's right. But uh, there's a lot of things that I would actually use the Bluetooth for. Um, for you know, but I'm not going to drop another 250 bucks on it or 200 bucks just to get the just to get Bluetooth. It's not going to happen. Now, if my kids drop my fire and break it, then <laughs> I would of course move over. But it, it, yeah, there's just, just not enough battery life on the Nexus 7 for me to jump right now. Just like Apple did, they're starting out Wi-Fi only, uh, relatively limited internal memory, uh, and they're they're they say that there will be a 3G version coming later, which will probably cost twice as much, just like the iPad did, um, and and we'll see what happens. But uh, I think there there's a world, there's a place for for um, tablets in the world. They have shoehorned their way in. You know, we talked last week about the whole Microsoft Surface thing. Uh, that's a big deal. Everybody's getting into the tablet world. I've lamented the tabletification of the OS a thousand times, um, and this just kind of shows that this is this is the way we're going. Whether we like it or not, that's where we're going. Well, I'll I will admit, and um, that I've seen Mark seen it too at work. Several people carrying around their iPads and using them in meetings and things, and mostly because they're so small and they're light, and they're easy to carry around. I'm assuming, or because they're hipsters, that could be the other reason. Right, um, but. I actually had a thought that my that I might look at getting an iPad for my wife for Christmas, and then I thought, why she has a laptop right yeah. there in the living room, two feet from her all the time, and I just could. I, it would be cool. It would be a cool thing. She could use it as a as an, as a like a reader. Oh wait, she has a Nook. She doesn't need a reader. Right. Oh, she could she could surf the. Well, she doesn't need it for that. Um, my wife uses the iPad when she's in the kitchen cooking to look up ingredients and recipes because it's handier and, and easier than a laptop. Well, see, the, my you wife know. uses the laptop because then she can prop the screen up without having to prop the screen up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't. So for, for, for the same thing, she carries the laptop in the kitchen, puts it on the counter where she can see the ingredients. Now, I would love to have a... Uh, a what's that called? What's that thing called? Mark's point. I'm, I'm talking to Mark because he's in the room with me. Uh, cabinets. An undermounted computer monitor on, in a cabinet with a USB mouse and keyboard that she could actually pull up but would be out of the way. You know, like they used to do the TVs right. all the time. That'd be right. nice. I guess I could do that. Well, soon, you know, that interface is going to be built into your cabinets. Yeah. You know, you're going, to buy, you're going to buy a house where the the entire Surface is Surface. Right. And then you'll accidentally install the Bing toolbar. <laughs> <laughs> when you go in the kitchen, you'll have the Bing toolbar on yeah. your kitchen cabinet. Or the Ask toolbar, the herpes of the internet. Yep. Uh, Oh, yeah, I think wow. I, I think we're going to see that type of a surface mounted thing on your free refrigerator before anything else. Right, yeah. Google refrigerator. Yep. Yeah, people have been saying that for a long time, and a couple of people have even tried it, but they have. They're 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 finding they're not all that useful. Nobody wants to stand at the refrigerator and compute. Yeah. Compute, not commute. Yeah. And it's the same thing. I mean, I actually was thinking, sitting here thinking about it, Mark. I still have my mounting bracket for my boxy that I made my Asus. Uh, thing I could mount that underneath the cabinet, mount a monitor, and Cheryl could actually have she could watch movies while she's cooking or anything else, or she could just cook and then go in the living room and watch it on the big screen TV. <laughs> That's another option. Or Aaron, you could get one of these tablets that like 
twirl around one of these little netbooks and do that. Yeah. So, uh, and just kind of glue it to the bottom or something. You can pick those suckers up on eBay pretty cheap these days. Oh, you mean to tell me that you don't have to have a computer in front of you at all times? That's impossible. <laughs> what? That's blasphemy. Okay, and uh, one of the last things on our list here uh, is uh, Apple's quote-unquote thermonuclear war against uh, Android. They've sort of softened it in places and, and buttressed it in other places. Yeah, there was – well, you know, I, I put thermo – because that's what Steve Jobs called it. He right, said he that was, was his going, phrase, yeah. He was going thermonuclear against Android. Um, and they won one and they lost one uh, over this last week. They lost against Motorola. The judge basically said, I don't think so. Never mind. Uh, so Apple lost that one. But they won a preliminary injunction against Samsung's Galaxy Nexus phone uh, that will take effect as soon as they post a bond. Uh, in, where in case they lose it, they have to turn the bond over for a lost revenue of Samsung. But the judge granted the in preliminary injunction before the trial starts uh, on their patent infringement case. So, you know, last week we talked about they had some of the big losses they had had and the wins before that. So it's just more coverage. Uh, you know, the patent trolls are out there uh, making our life more expensive. So, and what I think is telling about that is, is essentially the bond is uh, we're going to pay you in case this gets overturned later uh, and you're going to lose money in sales right now because we've locked it up. Right. And in case this is overturned later and it turns out it was legal, uh, we're going to put up this bond. And I think it was telling that the bond was only $20 million. They're not expecting to sell just billions and billions of these things. No, it's $95 million. So oh, did it go up? Yeah. Uh, and I, I thought it was uh, $20 million. Oh, no. It's uh, the post a bond of more than $95 million to secure payment of damages, and the order will take effect once the bond has posted. Right. Uh, this is interesting. So basically, the, the 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 dumbing this down is this judge now says that uh, Apple owns rounded corners with a glass front. Yeah, yeah. He said, Apple, you made a good case. I'm going to make them stop while we argue it. Um, right. So yeah, that's his thing. But that's because that's what they're, they're design infringement that they're talking about is that the Samsung device looks like an iPhone. So it's a, if it's four by three, uh, or or whatever that aspect ratio is, with rounded corners uh, and a glass front, Apple owns that. That's the that's the, the essentially the argument they're making, and the judge agreed that there was some merit to that, which boggles my mind. It's crazy. Um, that but, falls well, clearly in my category of crazy talk. Well, the judge <laughs> is in California, so when you factor oh, in the location, nice. it's not as crazy. San Jose, California. Do you know it's the not way? the Ninth Circus, is it? Yeah, no, it's not. Uh, anyway, woohoo! <laughs> so I got, I got excited. I just found out from my nephew that they found me an Iron Man and a Captain America Dr Pepper cup can in in Texas, and we sent it back <laughs> with my wife. Woohoo! Okay. My collection will be complete. Okay, now. Uh, moving right along, uh, Red Hat. What do we got about Red Hat? All that's all the note says. Red Hat. I would give you a better intro if I had more information. Chris, that would. Uh, it's yeah, it's one of mine. I'm re-pulling up the article right now. It's it's they went over the they had their Red Hat Developers Conference is what this is leading to. Um, there's not a lot changing, obviously, because it's Red Hat. They're adding some more things that go up to the cloud. Um. It's all in all not a great developer conference for them. 
but they do have a lot of things that are that they're doing to have things up in the cloud that are Red Hat based. So that was the big push from Red Hat this year. Apparently, the other big push that came from that is that the Red Hat CEO Jim Whitehurst is an iPad and iPhone user as well as a MacBook Air user. So um, <laughs> that uh, that's a that was apparently a big deal that um, the Red Hat guy uses the iOS. I wonder if everybody that's above a lineman, meaning like somebody that a factory worker, lineman guy at a car factory drives the car that they manufacture. That's a good question. Just curious. I know there was an article I read a few months ago where Steve Wozniak was talking about the virtues of the Android phones. So um, right. I don't remember if we talked about that on the show, but here's a Linux guy who's using the Android or the Apple stuff. So, you know, Bill Gates famously won't allow any Apple products in his home. Won't let, let his kids use them. Won't let his wife use them. He's he just says just says no. That doesn't have anything to do with anything. But no, it's right know. in the subject mark. So uh, Google I/O, which is where uh, Google announced the Nexus Seven, among a few other things, they uh, did a a, re- a, a very um, dramatic and engaging um, demonstration of Google Glass. But it was also very carefully selected what they showed in yeah. Google Glass. Uh, um, did you guys all watch the Google Glass video? Talk to us about what Google Glass is. It's the glasses, the smart glasses that yep. Google is is selling, and uh, basically, the one thing that it can do right now is take pictures and stream video because they were streaming video for their skydiving entrance. Right, so. and so yeah, they had they had four or five. I haven't seen the video. I've just heard people tell about it. Uh, skydivers jump out of a blimp and land on the Moscone Center, uh, and then rappel down. Actually, first they had to jump on a, a bike and like jump across to another building and then rappel down the side of the building. And then they came in doing the, the right stuff, swagger walk into the conference room. And we were watching this all through a combination of their Google goggles, glasses, and cameramen that were with them. So very dramatic, but essentially the one thing they said, actually they said the developers can buy them uh in i forget the date somebody somebody look at that but if you're a developer a registered uh, google developer you can buy it for fifteen hundred dollars and they said it won't work very well you can have it we you can buy it for fifteen hundred dollars for development because you're a developer but uh, don't expect it to work (laughs) it's not like they're just really jumping up and down about this product i think it's a cool idea um it'd be interesting to see what happens in a couple of uh, I guess you are you are Wallace says 2013, but uh, well, it's a well, neat idea. I, I really like the idea of having a smart glasses that could help. Um, you know, with the original what trailer video that they released, where the guy was like, you know, playing a song to his girlfriend over the phone and and the whole mapping of a building. That idea is really cool to me. I, I hope that actually happens. Um, but we got to have this bumpy road to start with. Well, this would this would solve Cheryl's problem in the kitchen, of whether to mount the camera, the screen underneath the counter, or bring the laptop in, or get an iPad. She just put on Google glasses and have the recipe right there in a HUD display. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That's redundant. Sorry. In a in a HUD <laughs> display. Yeah, a HUD display. I, I I just I don't see 
the future of computing being glasses. I paid thousands of dollars so that I don't have to wear glasses anymore. I had laser surgery so that I don't have to wear glasses. I don't want my computing interfaces interface to be glasses. I, if I could, ha- if I could, I wouldn't wear sunglasses when I went out. I do. I have to. But I, I, you know, I take them off as soon as I go in the building. I don't want to walk around with glasses on all day. Uh, and it wouldn't. I mean, I'm gonna that that would be. I was gonna say it won't change my opinion if they're cool computer glasses. Because let's face it, it would. I would wear comp- cool computer glasses. But it's not what I want to be my primary interface. Well, I don't think they're gonna be your primary computer interface. I think they're they're more pushing it as a phone accessory, as as how I'm seeing it as. But that's how I read it, and that would yeah, be all right. It's gonna it's. I don't count Google out. They've done all sorts of weird stuff that turned out being awesome. Like Wave um, and... Oh, wait, no. And, uh, BuzzFeed. And, BuzzFeed, and Buzz, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but they... Uh, Orkut. Orkut, uh, yeah. I'm, I have an Orkut account, or I had one. I still love it, because it's big in Brazil. Right. Uh, so, anyway, uh, Google has a way of making the pieces fit together. Um, you know, Apple, Steve Jobs was always like, you don't know what you want. I will tell you what you want. And the world said, yes, you're right. In fact, I did want that. Uh, Google's way of doing it is uh, we're going to release a bad product and we're going to keep refining it until it's a product you can't live without. Uh, so they may do that with these. Yep. But right now, I'm just not seeing as anything more than an expensive toy. Well, and then the other thing that they, they announced during the, the I.O. conference is the new version of Android, Jelly Bean. Yes. So now we have another dessert to uh, hopefully see on our devices here soon. Wait, there's going to be more fragmentation in the Android market? No, <laughs> no way. No, surely not. Uh, Jelly Bean is, is the the next thing, and they talked about it, and they didn't really say a lot about it, but it will be to come. You want to take the remainder of the show, trying to guess, making a list up, a prediction list of what... Um, what what dessert they'll use for K through Z and then putting it in a, in a sealed envelope and mailing it back to ourselves and opening it when they get to Z and see how right we were? Uh, no. Okay. Absolutely Just not. Just check. <laughs> key um, lime pie. That's the next yeah, one. Yeah, key lime. That, sure, why not? I, I think we're going to wrap it up there. We're over an hour and we have other stuff, but we'll save it for next week when we actually don't do any well, prep. When you literally have never started the show, you can't really stop the show. <laughs> Touche. I'm going to I'm going to end the discussion uh, at this point. So uh, Chris doesn't have a command line tip. So Seth, what is our uh, uh, end user tip of the week? Well, this is a really cool website. I stumbled across. It is nerdapproved.com. It's just a lot of cool nerd stuff. Uh, they're from t-shirts, stuff you can buy, uh, interesting links. Uh, nerdapproved.com. And there's, it's funny stuff. I really, uh, it kind of makes me laugh. So uh, I am Seth and I approve this post. Like there's this one on here where this guy made a mini Death Star from a ping pong ball. Say that one more time, Seth. Nerd approved. Nerdapproved.com. All one word. No, um, it's a period though, right? Not a, just kidding. Yeah. Here, I will, uh. I'm, I'm got it. I'm in the chat okay. room for all, everyone out there because I know <laughs> I'm bandwidth impaired. 
okay, so there's our uh, end user slash nerd tip of the week. And they, uh, guys, they reference uh, Marvel's Avengers 10 disc six movie collection you can get for $152.99, Aaron. That's 30% off list price. I know you want it. Um, no, because I already own all those individually. But you don't want the box set? No. Okay. I actually take all my DVDs out of the cases and throw them away, so I don't want right. a giant helicarrier DVD case that I then feel bad about. <laughs> I was I was at uh, at Walmart today buying some sundries, and I always I like to walk by the movie section. I always like to do that and see what's out. And uh, uh, Steven Spielberg, I believe it is, uh, War Horse was there, and I thought, okay, I've heard good things about that movie. And, and my general rule is, you know, if I'm interested in seeing it, I buy it because they're, you know, 15 bucks and, um, you know, I just, I just go ahead and do it. And it was cheaper than going to the, to the movies anyway. So I, I was going to pick it up, but the only, the only version they had was a four disc extended director's cut with commentary, uh, thing for, for $35. Yeah. And, and, and I was, uh, no, I just want to see the movie. You know, I was willing to check out 15, but no, I'll just wait till it comes out on Netflix and watch it. There. <laughs> Mark, um, we, we, we can't end the show without talking about our experience yesterday in the theater. Okay. Um, um, go ahead. Give me your take on it, Mark. <laughs> uh, Aaron and I went to see... And Don. Uh, and, and Don Sullivan of uh, One Meal, One Workout fame. Uh, we went to see uh, A. Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yes. And, Don't uh, you dare it, say a spoiler, or I'm quitting the show right now. He becomes president. He becomes president. Oh! There literally are no spoilers. The, the, you cannot spoil this movie. Um, it is remarkably bad in every way. Actually, the one thing about it that's awesome is the Abe Lincoln makeup. Yes. It's really good. It's incredible. Like when he gets older. And about 15 um, seconds of the Gettysburg Address that he does. Right. And he does a, a pretty good rendition of the Gettysburg Address. The rest of it is terrible, but in the best way. It's Bring the, the chips. It's the, the cheese is flowing. <laughs> it's, then it's I will the love terrible. this movie. I know. If you think it's bad in a good way, I know it will be one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. It's 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 uh, Starship Ship Troopers bad. It's, uh, Which I love, you know, it's, by the way. Yeah. It's a terrible, terrible movie. Um, plot holes big enough to drive a 747 through. A 747 um, full of vampires. Yeah, <laughs> uh, visual effects that are ridiculous and over the top and stupid. Bad dialogue, and it's awesome. And, and, I, and, and they, you have to go see it. And Rateo in the chat says, "You mean they took it seriously? They they play it straight, which makes it even funnier." Exactly. It's the, that's the thing. It's like Starship Troopers, right? It's absurd. But the characters play it straight, and that's what makes it awesome. My favorite part is, like, for example, one vampire grabs a horse in full run by a leg, stops the horse, spins it around, and throws it about 50 feet. Then 30 seconds later, the same vampire grabs a guy around the chest, and the guy manages to to wiggle out. I was like, okay, God. guys, if you want to change the laws of physics, that's fine, but they have to be consistent every, right. at least what, for two to three minutes at a time. Right. Not and, really. I just laughed out loud and enjoyed it. And and throughout the movie, you know, Abe Lincoln's just a regular guy. He doesn't have any superpowers or anything. That we know of. And this giant horse that was thrown lands on him, and he gets up Spoiler and alert. continues the fight, and he's fine. Yeah, spoiler. Yeah, that's not a spoiler. That's just that's. And so you know, these there's these moments like like uh, you know he's 
men, regular guys, not even Abe Lincoln, not even guys who've trained. You know, it's like this whole Buffy the Vampire Slayer thing where there's this, he's trained and he's shown. But regular people, just a dude is fighting a vampire. And later, vampires do these ridiculous feats of strength like like lifting thousands of pounds. But they can get beat up by just a random dude. Uh, it was so. awesome. It was awesome. So bad it's good, huh? That's yeah. So yeah, Mitch Man five one five five. Unless your wife is one of that point zero one percent of women that go to com- Comic Con and do cosplay and all that, she won't want to watch this. <laughs> but the first time she's out of town, get three of your guys friends over <laughs> and just laugh your heads off. Yeah, and it's 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 very bloody. It's lots of vampire blood. What is it? Three hundred uh, bloody. But even the. <laughs> What's that? Is it 300 bloody? Yes. Okay. I haven't seen 300. Yeah. And vampire okay. blood yeah. apparently is black, in case you didn't right. know. Okay. And it multiplies. So, like, on Abe's axe, when he's swinging it, there's a little trail of blood that somehow manages to stream out 300 feet across the screen and spread out and multiply. In slow motion. <laughs> okay, so that is, that's 300. That's what they did it on is. 300. Telling you, it, was, it was great. Okay, so now I really have to end the show. Yeah. But uh, yeah, go see Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yeah, if you want exactly a mystery science theater uh, theater sort of experience, it's awesome. Sit or, with your buddies oh. and laugh at it. Yeah. Or wait till it comes out and do a guy's night. Like yeah, say, save, save a little bit of money. But yes, definitely. I give it two hearty thumb vampire bitten thumbs up. <laughs> Because there's a couple of times in the movie where where I heard I didn't sit with with Aaron and Don I, I moved down a couple of rows for a little extra leg room and I heard them like laughing out loud saying they actually went there they did that <laughs> it was awesome yeah okay. sounds sounds like a movie I need to go with go watch with my brother we we do that all the time we tear movies to shreds yeah this one you don't have to it it falls apart for you right before your very eyes i mean the actors do a great job the cinematography is great it's just it's and to be honest the book is great i'm not joking the book is a great book it's incredibly well written the screenplay not so much (laughs) same guy too which is funny yeah i can just see him like tighten the screenplay just laughing to himself and then i'm gonna have him throw a horn (laughs) and the and the line is the only similarity it bears to the book is that there is both Abe Lincoln and vampires in it. Right. Yes. Huh. Okay. All right, guys. Any other final comments before we wrap? I'm actually, I have a little, little tear in the corner <laughs> of my eyes. I'm laughing so much about this. Uh, anything else we need to say before we say goodnight? Mm. Can't think of anything, but I know what we're talking about next week in more detail. <laughs> You're going to go see the movie? <laughs> At least once. Um. Okay, so <laughs> we got to show Chris the pirate. Okay, that's got, right. Uh, the pirate with headphones on. Um, <laughs> we are the pirates who can't hear anything. Okay, so good night, everybody. Thanks for coming to this this spectacular train wreck of a show. Speaking of train wrecks, uh, Mark Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, Van moving right along. Uh, it's been great to have you along. We we enjoy that. We would get together and do this without you but it it validates us if we actually have an audience so thanks for that you complete us (laughs) bye everybody and that ends this episode of everyday looks